Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his peewee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet ya. His sidekick, who hails from Parts Unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at Galka, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin. Uh, welcome back to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Jason Tiffin, half of your host. The other half, of course, is always Tom Sims. Tom, how's it going? I'm good, bud. I like that we're a half a host. I'm a half a host. You're a half a host. Without the other, we're not even a full host. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, today is February the 5th, uh, 2020, a, a momentous day for a few reasons. Uh, one, and we're not going to get political, this will be the only time I mention it, but Donald Trump has been uh, acquitted by the by the Senate today. And um, also, it is National Signing Day. Or you, This used to be the, oh my gosh, this used to be one of the top 15 days in the college football season. Maybe top five. I mean, you know, opening day would definitely be up there. And then, um, you know, the Iron for Alabama fan, you know, the Iron Bowl, the Tennessee weekend, and then SEC championship game if you make it. And then, you know, the playoffs, national title game. But National Signing Day was, you know, since Saban's been here, it's just been Christmas morning. And, I, you know, the, the early signing period is nice, but it has absolutely ruined, ruined um, February, the first Wednesday of February. And uh, it's also a um, – it's also a dear friend of mine. It's his uh, anniversary today, so uh, of the day he got divorced. <laughs> so, and actually, it's mine too, the truth be told, so um, that's weird. Uh, but anyway, that's nothing to be celebrating, but we always get kind of a chuckle out of it. He always sends me a text that says, happy anniversary, and I had actually forgot about it this year. But uh, I'm, I'm rambling on, and as you know, we're always short for time. I've got the word of the day today, and uh, the word of the day today is obnoxious. I think we all know what obnoxious means, and I will definitely be using it in a sentence later on in the podcast. So, um, Tom, is uh, you know, as we know, I'm a fog. If you're not familiar with the fog, that is a football-only gump. 
And uh, I'm definitely – I'm all in on Bama football. And you see – I. It's evident the last two games Bama's played in basketball why I can no longer get emotionally attached to that team. We're just not very good, and we're one injury away from being, you know, one of the top bottom four teams in SEC, and, and that injury has happened. But Tom is going to update us on Bama basketball, so Tom, take it away. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, lead-in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, nothing like getting the crowd right riled up and hyped for some good basketball news. <laughs> um, I, w- I will say this before I get into it. You know, we, we hadn't had a podcast since, uh, I guess, the week after LSU won the championship. And uh, yeah. in, in sort of sporting news, since we hadn't seen that, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Uh tough tough one to lose you know i kind of think about that it's it's always tougher you know when you lose somebody close to you kobe obviously is not a a dear friend of of any of ours but i got to thinking when a a celebrity or sports figure or something when they go too soon per se it's almost like it's a deep melancholy feeling just because you're I guess your 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 relationship with them is much like a lot of people that you know you all kind of absorb it sometimes if you have a a family member pass Tiffin you may not even know them you know my my family yeah. members uh, you know th- something like that but this one is it, it, it there's there seems to be a, a connection, particularly in the sports world and that sort of thing, and and I think really particularly when when you're gone too soon. Uh, I looked around a little bit because I I was thinking about that, you know, and and I'm saying, you know, hey, we we have lost iconic sports people, iconic celebrities, iconic world leaders. Uh, in their golden years, and it's not nearly as tragic feeling to to the population, and and that's sad, but it's true. I mean, one good example that that I can think of is one of the most popular race car drivers ever, and to this day that's still talked about, Dale Earnhardt, mm-hmm. died while racing. Uh, but it's sort of if you if you compare i guess uh uh history if you compare the legacies if you compare the accomplishments richard petty is is right up there with him but you know he didn't pass until a couple years ago at the ripe old age of 83 and there wasn't there wasn't that deep melancholy Everybody putting a three in their windshield. Uh, you see the comparisons. Both of those people were great at what they did and very much on similar pedestals. But when you go before you're supposed to, it really strikes a chord. I don't know why I've rambled on about that so long, but it, it, there, there are a lot of examples of that, but it's just something I was thinking a lot about. <laughs> 
Well, before you jump into basketball, I, I have to admit, I was Googling. I'm like, dude, Richard Petty's not dead. And he is, in fact, dead. I did not even know that. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's terrible. That's, well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, and it's, it's, it is crazy. I mean, you, off the top of my head, people that died before their golden years in sort of their prime, did I feel, uh, still feel the iconic loss, Elvis Presley. Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. Princess Diana. Uh, I, I'm missing so, oh, Chris Farley. <laughs> you know these yeah. these folks are, and, and there there have been people that have done the exact same things as them. Do do we still feel a greater loss with Princess Diana or you know Ronald Reagan? Do you see the distinct difference there? It's it's oh, one sure. you know yeah. young yeah. and you know and it's, I don't know I, I I got lost in that hole. Anyway, I'm supposed to be talking about Bama basketball and unfortunately well, you are I talking wish we... about death, so it kind of was a good segue. <laughs> I wish I, I wish we'd have had this episode about two weeks ago when I was on a Bama basketball high. I think they were they mm-hmm. had one. You know, eight to ten or seven to nine or, or or whatever it was, and were playing good ball. Had knocked off Auburn by twenty some odd points. Not even a competitive game there, uh, and was really really rolling. I thought they were actually going to go on the road and beat LSU, and and they were a competitive at LSU. But that LSU mm-hmm. road loss seemed to put them in a, in a little bit of a spiral, and uh, dropping two in a row at home particularly this last one to tennessee just happened last night uh that was almost an inexcusable one there i can see the arkansas arkansas was playing good ball arkansas looks like they may be one of the top three or four teams in the conference uh but uh but we we were there we've been decimated by injuries uh, unfortunately very similar story as our uh, football team but you know we have two Two players on our roster that never hit the court this year, one for injury, transfer, JUCO, and uh, one for the denial of the NCAA waiver. Uh, mm-hmm. Those two guys would made a huge – they would have been starters, absolutely. I mean, we've fielded a team up until the last couple of weeks when we've been decimated by injury and or – Flu. I mean, we've had two players miss two games with just sickness, and, and both of those were losses. Uh, I expect us if we could get Herb Jones and um, and Petty to not go to the NBA next year. Who knows? They were trending upwards in that first round pick, so who knows how they'll be looking? We could, we literally could field a top ten team next year. I'm excited mm-hmm. about this team. I mean, they've they're they uh, again they're on the skids right now with losing losing a couple starters and injuries and uh, they, I mean they're sitting right now at twelve and ten. I looked at their schedule. We have nine games left. We will be favored in at least five of those games, maybe six. If you get six out of the last nine, that would put you at 18 and 13. You make a little bit of a run in the tournament, you may squeak in still. So Mm -hmm. all is not lost. I mean, all is definitely not lost. They could get in with a 22 and uh, 14 record. You know, uh, give them three wins in the tournament, 
uh, two, two at absolute minimum, three would mm-hmm. would yeah. likely get you there. And and to be perfectly honest with you, on a neutral floor with Alabama playing at all cylinders, and I have no idea if Herb will be back by tournament. He had wrist surgery, uh, but on a neutral floor, we're we're as competitive as anybody in the SEC. Uh, the the top teams in the SEC right now are Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, and Florida. LSU, dude, uh, they're undefeated. Oh, oh, LSU! I forgot about <laughs> LSU. And we have played, we have played all five of those, and mm-hmm. we we have beaten the the crap out of Auburn. We were competitive on the road. The other four, out of the other four, we had to play three of them on the road, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We lost one in, was it double overtime to Florida? Uh, and yeah. then we were competitive at both LSU and Kentucky and lost both of those games by single digits. Yeah. And then uh, we, we we had every opportunity. We we blew two double-digit leads against Arkansas at two different times in that it's game terrible. and ended up losing that. So, anyway, we, we've got some talent. I like – I like the style of play that we've got. If they can, if they can start rebounding the ball, we're we're going to be tough. I mean, we are. We'll be. I mean, we're not going to win the tournament by no stretch, uh, but we'd be a tough out. We'd be a tough yeah. out, which is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean the thing is, I didn't. You know, to me, basketball season begins t- the Tuesday after the national title game, uh, regardless of who is. Um, regardless of, you know, who's in the national title game. So, uh, I didn't watch any basketball up until that point. And, um, you know, uh, the first time I watched Bama, I'm like, we're fun to watch. Like, I can watch this, you know. You're a Division One athlete playing in a Power Five conference, and you have an open three-point shot. Take it. Yes, Don't sir. be the coach that says, no, 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 we're hickory high, by gosh. We're going to pass four times, and we're going to do a two-handed chest pass or two-handed bounce pass. And then after four passes, and only after four passes, can we shoot the ball? Heck no, dude. Fog <laughs> it up. Pick and, and, you know, we played one team. Uh, I don't remember. What, we, we, we beat them. And it was a – I think it was South Carolina, I believe. Vandy or South Carolina won. And um, I think it was Vandy, at Vandy. And, you know, it was, it was kind of close. It was a four – I think they cut it to four or six. And we, we went three-point shot. And they, you know, they tried to uh, – to transition pretty quick. They took a quick shot. We boxed out, rebounded, uh, transitioned, and hit another three. Bam. A four-point lead turned into a ten-point lead timeout Vandy. And, I mean, you, you know, in less than – it might have even been another bucket in there. I mean, it went from four to double digits in about probably 80 seconds on the clock. And that, that's – you know, that's all – we're a football school. We're always going to be a football school. We just want a, a watchable – basketball team and like others have said the football program needs a watchable basketball team because if we're terrible in basketball we're gonna hyper scrutinize our football team during the offseason if we've got something to, to take our interest away then who cares about our secondary violations that are announced at five o'clock on a friday you know hey we got a basketball game the next day so it is it's frustrating that we have have gotten the injuries and uh and didn't get the Quinterly in on on the waiver, and uh, but you know he'll be there next year. So like you said, I, if we get some kids to come back and, and have a strong recruiting class, we'll we'll definitely be fun to watch again. 
let's move on to the Super Bowl. And um, I actually went back on my word. I watched the Super Bowl. But let me tell you, I, I didn't watch all of it. I put in a halftime bet, which gave me a vested interest to watch. So I tuned in, uh, hit the bet. So that was plus 150. But I had put in a over-under bet and took the wrong side pregame. So uh, I broke even, minus the $15 juice. But um, I'm going to tell you the reason I don't like the Patrick Mahomes type quarterback and um, uh, who's the kid from Baltimore? Jackson. Thank you. Is, you know, that I like my quarterbacks to be Peyton Manning, um, <clears throat> Tom Brady, the, the Matt Ryan, the drop back passer. That's who I like to watch, you know, distribute the ball. You're racist, and, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, the thing is, um, when you know, it's fine if you got a running quarterback. I mean, Steve Young, Randall Cunningham, great running quarterbacks. But they played back in the day where if you ran, as soon as you cross the line of scrimmage, you're a running back. And you could get leveled and there would be no flag. Now, you can't hit the guys. Like, how do you stop Patrick Mahomes? How do you stop him? How do you stop Lamar Jackson? Like, I don't know how they ever lose a game. How do they ever turn the ball over, or outside of a turnover? How do you ever stop them on three downs to get 10 yards? How do you stop them? Because you can't hit the quarterback anymore, and he doesn't stay in the pocket. And I just hate that type of football. And that's why I was my, – my little protest lasted a half of a, a half of a Super Bowl. But um, anyway, that's that's my little rant on – I don't like the way that, that – um, that football is going in that aspect. <laughs> Running quarterbacks, fine. Hey, and and Mahomes is legit. You know, just because I don't like their style of play, I'm not an idiot. You know, I just don't like their style of play. I can admit they're great. I mean, Mahomes is awesome. Uh, Lamar Jackson is awesome. And they're electrifying to watch play. I just don't prefer that type of football. And uh, that's why I'm, I just don't ever hardly watch NFL, period. And you don't – and, and let me make sure I understand here. You don't watch it and like that type of football because the restrictions of the defense on hitting the quarterback. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, that is, you know, if he uh, a perfect example. I watched the Titans play, and uh, you know, Mahomes ran that one right before half, and the the defensive back, the safety or whatever, he tried to strip the ball right around the goal line, and everybody giving him grief. And somebody later pointed out, they said, look. He was probably afraid to hit the guy <clears throat> because he was afraid he'd get a penalty. So he thought the better play would have been to try to strip the ball out, which made perfect sense. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I just I, I didn't follow you there, so I was just making sure. But I, I like it. Uh, I, I, they're dynamic. They're uh, – I like in over the years, quarterbacks – running quarterback is not a new thing. But running quarterbacks who can throw with accuracy and who can see the field, that's not necessarily a new thing. It's just rare. And mm. and it's something that they're trying to cultivate at every level because it is such a commodity. If you can do that, it, it makes you almost unstoppable. And because of that cultivation – I think that's a big reason why, at every level, teams are now moving towards offensive-minded instead of defensive-minded. 
for years and years and years and years and years and years, defense wins championships, defense wins championships, mm-hmm. defense wins championships. Heck, even in the last uh I wouldn't I wouldn't say the Georgia one, but when we beat our last uh championship with Clemson, that was a shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh when we had uh actually that we we were involved even the one we lost in, in the two back to back with Clemson, both shootouts. And and both defenses were you know, ranked amongst the best in the country, mm-hmm. probably both top five at the time. And so football in general at every level is definitely going through a transformation to this running quarterback, this mobile quarterback. And I don't even think they're running. I don't consider Mahomes is not Vic. Vic no, used no. to run for yards. But he was not he was not a prolific passer. He was Vic had more moves than Mahomes will ever have. But Mahomes has more of a complete package. Same yeah. with Russell Wilson. You know they they both have speed. They both have elusiveness. But they are not. I don't consider them running quarterbacks. I consider them mobile quarterbacks, and those are hard to stop. Deshaun Watson, another – I mean, we just went over that. That's who give us fits in the championship game. Mm-hmm. But I like I like the evolution of football. I really do. I don't I, – I, I don't – now, don't get me wrong. Some of the rule changes and stuff are idiotic and crazy, and they need to be tweaked and so on and so forth. But it's a, it's a huge year-to-year chess match – and not and not only a year to year, almost decade to decade, because little by little these quarterbacks have been cultivated in this new manner of running and throwing and whatnot. But it takes time to develop those, e- even from down from pee wee to high school to college, and more and more as we move forward through time these quarterbacks are are more plentiful you know we just see them all the time now and i'm guessing that it won't be too far in the future that well i don't know when it was that the the recruiting services changed from hey here's your quarterback class to here's your pro style quarterbacks and here's mm-hmm. your mobile quarterbacks you yeah, know they split it. those a few years ago <clears throat> And that that trend may come back together in the future, where it's just one quarterback. But that one quarterback will be just—you'll just assume that he's a mobile quarterback. That's just yeah. the way yeah. it looks like it's going. Well, and I, 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 you know, the fact that you asked, you had, I had to clarify. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I am in politics now, by the way. So <laughs> I, it it's definitely it's hey if you want to run Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton and you know if you remember Tua Tagovailoa against Georgia when he came in in relief dude he trucked a guy <laughs> you know he wasn't made out of glass back then I don't know what happened but like if you want to have those type of quarterbacks that's fine but let the defense hit them when they get past the line of scrimmage they are a running back let them get their clock cleaned if the if the the if if it presents if the situation presents itself that's my only that's my only thing 
Yeah, I, and but, I agree with that. I mean, there, there, there should be, there should not be any holds barred there. You know, on the flip side of that too, if you're a running back, you have the same opportunities as a quarterback if you want to slide down. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you for know, sure. I mean, so there, there's, it's not once you're past the line of scrimmage. I don't know that they've really got a rule against the. It's just that you know quarterbacks are taught to slide. So hey, teach your running backs to slide. Preserve them. Before I move off the quarterback Super Bowl topic, you know, congratulations, Chiefs. By the way, that's yeah, uh, pretty impressive. Sure. Reggie uh, Raglan. Yeah, Reggie Raglan. Congratulations! I saw that tweet that he has won a high school national uh, uh, state championship, a college national championship, and now the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty impressive uh, trophy collection. The Holy Trinity. Yeah. What? Uh. Now let me ask you this: We've been talking about the quarterbacks and such, and and you had pretty much what you were talking about in the NFL game. You had two completely different style quarterbacks. You yeah. had Mahomes, uh, who of course was victorious versus Garoppolo. Uh, for the for the Niners, who who is definitely more of a pro style traditional quarterback. So if you were if you were ranking the top five quarterbacks going into next season, who 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 do you? This may be a bad question to ask for you because in our fantasy league you did uh, select. <laughs> Uh, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, Murray and dropped them both <laughs> before the season started. He was, just for the listening audience, he was absent the day of our draft, which is not entirely unusual for Tiffin. Uh, and so we, we auto-drafted quarterbacks for him, and the next day I sent him who, who he had, and he immediately disliked his quarterbacks and dropped Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray <laughs> to the waiver. Who did you pick up, by the way? I have no clue. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You know, the first time I ever did a first first year I ever did fantasy with you guys, I actually won it. I picked up a, a wide receiver that was not well known. I got him probably in the eighth round, Terrell Owens. But in round two. <laughs> And round two is when I'd grab my kicker, Sebastian Janikowski. I'm like, I got the best kicker on board. I, needless to say, I had never drafted. And my <laughs> dumb by dumb luck, I won the I won the uh, the whole league. But uh, if nice. I was going to rank the quarterbacks, like I told you earlier, I'm not just because I don't like his style of play uh, does not make me an idiot. Uh, Mahomes is top five. I mean, the dude is legit. Um, Lamar Jackson. You know, ignore his playoff record. You've got to put him in the top five. I would think he's the reigning MVP. Um, you know, how much does Tom Brady have left in the tank? We just don't know. But until he shows that he can't make the playoffs, he's going to be top five. I mean, he's the goat for sure. And then I, I don't know Deshaun Watson. I mean, I, I maybe is what you're getting at is yeah, the top five are going to be littered with the dual threat guys. You're exactly right, and and not only that. And I'm glad you mentioned Brady because I was going to follow up on that. Yeah, Brady got to the playoffs again. Uh, but if you look, he had a QBR of 52.5 this year. 52.5. That, that is, sounds ungood. That is, that is crazy for because I 100% agree. 
uh, to this day, he is the greatest to ever do it in, in the NFL at the quarterback position. I, I don't I don't think there's a question in anybody's mind about that. But if I'm looking at the top five quarterbacks next year, yeah, you've landed them. You got Mahomes, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Deshaun Watson, you got Russell Wilson, you got Dak Prescott, you got Kyler Murray. Every one of those are running quarterbacks. Now, mm-hmm. can you put uh, Brady in there? Can you put Aaron Rodgers, who's who who's having similar similar age issues as Brady, uh, Garoppolo even got him to a to a Super Bowl. I don't know that those guys crack top five next year. Um, they certainly won't be drafted in our fantasy league in the top five. Any of those guys, I, I would I would almost guarantee that. But uh, so it's interesting the way the. Uh, it's interesting the way the NFL is moving, uh, just like college and everything else, and, and the quarterback position absolutely has a lot to do with it. Now, I left a little time on the clock here if you want to rant about the NFL replay officials. Uh, I don't even remember what. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what happened. Uh, well, you're but big on the replay officials, so I want to leave the door open for you. There were there was a controversial touchdown there from the Chiefs there in the fourth, where the guy stepped out of bounds at about the one, and the yeah. nose of the ball was very close to the goal line. You know, if that does not go their way, they they may still score, but it's fourth and one from the from the uh, you know just yeah, outside the one yard the, line. the end zone. I, there, I, I so. thought it was the correct call. I mean, I did not see did that uh, that you could overturn that. But uh, no, I, I have uh, I've said my piece about about um, <laughs> of replay. Let's move on to recruiting because we're running short on time, Tom. Uh, <laughs> we, as, we have nothing to talk about, <laughs> dude. The tales from the road is going to be epic. I need at least twelve and a half oh. minutes for that. Oh well, I, let me wrap this up pretty quick. You know the other the only other thing like you had mentioned uh, previously after uh, after the championship season and prior to march madness is recruiting season and and they took all the sales or all the wind out of our sales and that in uh december as a matter of fact today was recruiting day where we're recording this uh podcast on recruiting day and alabama had two people committed to its class they could have signed a third or three that's right they had three three committed one had apparently already signed but they just didn't announce it or whatnot and all three of those signed there was no hubbub there was no speculation we were in the running for a couple of other uh players that that did not go our way and it fizzled out by just after lunch and the end the day was over but uh i went back and looked this year's Bama class looks like it will finish second behind Georgia. And looking at the 24-7 rankings as far as uh, number, and, and the, the big number, in my opinion, is not total points, but it's the average uh average points per class yeah uh because that just that that tells you what your quality of players are 93.41 is 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 what our average rank there was this year and to put that in perspective it was higher than 
almost all of our previous classes uh, and within just a couple of tenths of a point from uh, our premier classes. Last year's class, 19, was one of the highest ever for us where we finished number one at a 94.38. And I know those numbers don't mean much as far as just spouting them out, but they, 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 they just have an indication of how many five stars. Now, I will tell you, I t- I will tell you one interesting tidbit, just coincidentally. I, didn't, I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, coincidentally, on my way home from work today, yes, yes, listening audience, I do have another job. Uh... <laughs> I heard the guy from 247, he was giving an interview. I don't even remember which channel it was on. might have been our, our local Homer channel. But um, he was giving an interview, and I did not realize this. Do, do you know how many five stars they give each year in 247? Uh, 20, 25, 30. It's not very many. No, they give 32, and they purposely give 32 yeah. to reflect the number of NFL teams is what they project as a first-round draft pick. thought that yeah. was interesting. I didn't, I didn't really realize that. Uh, so uh, 32 players equivalent to 32 potential first-round draft picks, and that, and that is their projection of, uh, of, of the players most qualified or most uh, the highest percentage projected to make it. But, uh, you know, over the last, I guess, uh, four years we've had, and which is what I like to look at a running total, one, five, one, and two. Yeah. You're in contention. You know, we're we're in no danger of going anywhere. Uh, You you just got to make sure you keep some of the five stars at home. Last year we had a couple that that jetted on us or or didn't qualify or got run off or however you want to speculate that. But, you know, we're we're in good shape moving forward. Fret not, Bamination. This is... uh, this is this is our time to shine as it as it usually is. You just got to put together a complete year because, regardless of how many great players you have on a roster, which we have our share, there's no doubt about that. You have to have luck to win it. I mean, you just do. You have to have some luck go your way, and and you have to avoid the bad luck, which which plagued us this year. Lost our starting quarterback. Lost all our starting linebackers. Uh, we've we've hashed that a million times, but the cupboard is not bare, and that's what I take from uh, this year's recruiting cycle. Just like I have every year since Saban's been here, and uh, I'm ready to roll, baby. No, I, I totally agree with you. And the the sad fact of the matter is, if this was ten years ago, when National Signing Day was National Signing Day, and every kid signed on the dotted line on the first Wednesday of February we would be jumping for joy over our class instead of lamenting the the losses of Enos Rickstraw and McKinley Jackson. That's the two guys that we kind of thought we had. And Rickstraw went to Missouri. I mean, I don't. I guess he wanted to um, watch the SEC championship game from home every year. And then McKinley Jackson went to A&M, and I, I guess he wanted to watch the SEC championship game from home every year <laughs> because they're, they're not going to make it. But uh, that brings us to the whole purpose of this podcast, which is Tales from the Road. I talked to Tom. Actually, this is uh, one of the first premises we ever had, and uh, we talked about stories. I said, we got some really good stories. He's like, yeah, but you know, I can't tell all of them. I was like, well, I can't tell all mine either. I said, we'll have to be careful what we tell. 
<clears throat> and uh, about two months ago when, you know, football season was past the midway point, I was having a good time doing this. And I said, let's, why don't we do this so we can, we can rename the podcast, whatever. We just decided to stick with the I'm not targeting, you're targeting and tell some stories. You know, most, I guess a lot of them will be from college. Some of them will be post-college, maybe even pre-college. But the first one, I'm, I'm up first and I'm going to tell the story. It's a college, it's a college road trip. And it was in 1997. And it was when Alabama went to the College World Series. Uh, we'd been there once or twice under under Wells, I believe. But uh, this this time, we really thought we had a we had a chance. I think we would have had a chance if Roberto Vaz did not uh, break his ankle, uh, you know, running through a uh, running near warmups, and you know, balls are flying around everywhere, and. Um, he he trips over a ball and uh and breaks his ankle in the I think super regionals. We went ahead and won the super regional. It might, it might have been back when it was just regionals only. I don't remember, but um but you know that that was our he was our closing pitcher. He was our center fielder and he or maybe right fielder. He's outfielder and he batted about four hundred that year. I mean just a yeah. brutal huge brutal loss. And um. You know, the thing is, too, there, there's some coach, I cannot remember what school he coaches for, but anytime there's loose balls laying on the ground, he will get on his player and say, pick those balls up. Alabama lost a national title because of crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's how uh, I, I really think we had a shot with him. But let's get to the let's get to the tales from the road. This involves four people, myself. Uh, we're going to ch- change some names up to protect the innocent. Uh, Neutron, who I've probably talked about before, uh, Mitchell, and uh, Troy. We're going to tell Troy's full name, Troy Brown. If you went to Alabama in 96, 95, 96, 97, 98, and you went to Harry's Bar, you probably got served a free beer from Troy Brown. I don't know how he kept his job <laughs> as long as he did, but he, he, he gave us free beer every time we came. Mm-hmm. We would go on nickel beer night, and, and we would, we'd, we'd be in there drinking long necks. <laughs> And I'd be like, "Why are you drinking long necks?" I mean, because they were free. They weren't. They didn't cost a nickel. They were free for us. But anyway, we decide we're gonna go. And I'm like, you know, we talked about how long we're gonna stay, and we're like, we'll just stay till we get put out, because we we felt like we would make it, you know, pretty deep. And uh, so I packed up every pair of cut off khaki shorts, because that was a thing back in Jorts. the '90s to buy duckhead pants and cut them off. And uh, these were khakis. These weren't Florida specials. But, you know, you would cut them off into shorts, and they'd be frilly at the bottom. And, well, we were so cool. And I wasn't even a frat boy, and I was cool. <laughs> so I'm six one At this time, I'm 6'1", 205, 210. Neutron is probably as tall as me and maybe a little bigger. Troy's probably 5'10". Mitchell's about 5'2". Uh, maybe Mitchell's 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, I don't know, but he's short. <laughs> but he's, but in other words, we're four grown adults. We jump into an Acura Integra. <laughs> two-door Acura Integra and head out and we leave at 1 p.m. from Tuscaloosa and I don't remember where all the the, the whole route we took but uh, I remember going to Cape through Cape Girardeau Missouri and gosh almighty it, we weren't even close to being to Omaha at that point and if you remember there were four SEC teams that made it that year at that I think this was the old-time regionals because they went to super regionals to pr- try to prevent this from happening again and what they started doing is matching SEC teams up in the Super Regionals where guaranteed one of them would be put out. But Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama, and LSU uh, were there. And I remember driving, and we would, you know, see some opposing fans. And uh, as as young adults do at times in college age, 
we would get beside them, and uh, one person would pull down their shorts in the back, press their buttocks against the window, and moon them as we went by. <laughs> Great game we played. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I guess I'm 20, I'm 23 at the time. Yeah, I should have been out of college. I still had one year left. <laughs> but, um. You know, I, I, my parents were very protective, and I had, I've got great parents, by the way, and but they were very protective of me growing up, and always, you know, in my business, which is now, now I'm in my kids' business, and I, I see why they were. They were good parents. We get to the hotel at five a.m. and check in, and we check in, and the front desk lady says, "Is one are one of y'all Jason Tiffin?" I'm like, "Yes, I am." She said, "Okay, you're um, you have a message to you need to call your dad." Man, I was so i'm like god dang i can't leave i said i can't do anything without them checking up on me making sure i'm fine because you got to remember this is way before cell phones mitchell had a car phone and every once in a while i would pick it up and dial it and he would freak out because he got charged every time it connected to the tower (laughs) so i went to i said i'll call him when i wake up so we got you know went to bed and got up and um and I, I felt about you know two and I felt about as tall as Mitchell when I found out the reason that uh, the call was made. Um, dad, my my uncle is a very big booster of Alabama athletics. My dad's Mississippi State alum, but uh, dad told his brother, my uncle, about us going out there, and he pulled some strings. And he had us tickets to every Alabama game that we were going to play. If we, if Alabama was playing, we had tickets. I think we had to pay for them, but it was face value, and they were good seats. The championship game, we sit behind Paul Jr., Bowtie Andy, and Bob Bockrath. Who, uh, Bowtie Andy was the president, and Bockrath was the AD at the time. So, yeah, to say we had good seats is an understatement. Nice. And uh, – you know, I could I could go on and on about, and I I, I want to kind of focus on one part of the trip uh, about Miami because we played them and they put us in the losers bracket. But a couple of things quickly, um, we you know we're college age kids and we were had you know we were somewhat in shape and we were wearing Alabama baseball gear everywhere we went. Was well, in the casinos. Paul Jr. owned some casinos in Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is right across the line. And we'd go over there and gamble at night, learn to play craps there. And we found out that the baseball team, Alabama's baseball team, was eating free uh, over there. And so we would go to the casino and wear our baseball stuff, and they thought we were players. So we, we ate free almost the entire trip. But when we got there, you know, we bought a newspaper because it was great coverage. This is in the old Rosenblatt Stadium. This is before they moved it. So uh, they had great cover, man. Omaha embraces the College World Series. Uh, yeah, it would be better if it was in Orlando or, or somewhere where that's warmer. But Omaha embraces this tournament, man. It's what they're known for, and they love it. So we get a paper, and, and like I said, four ACC teams out there. And Mandy Giacomino, he played for Miami. He was good. But he said uh, – actually, I think this is after we had gotten beat by him. They put us in the loser's bracket. And uh, they got a sound bite from him and put it in the paper. He said, all we heard out here since we've been here is SEC this, SEC that, you know, we the you, whatever he said, you know. They were the Big East at the time, I believe. And uh, so we're like, all right, all right. So we end up beating uh, beating a team, whoever it was, and putting them out and uh, got back in the in the – to play Miami and we had to win two in a row. And of course, every time Mandy came up, you know, we were giving him grief at the plate, Mandy, Mandy. And, uh, and we beat him that first game. So I had to come back and play him the next day. And, uh, 
and we we jumped on them, got a you know got a good lead or whatever, and we we were gonna win. We had a pitcher named Heath Henderson, and he wasn't our main pitcher, uh, but he pitched. He he gave us innings. And his brother ended up pitching there at Bama. And I text Mitchell today to find out his name. We could not remember the younger brother's name, but he ended up pitching. I think he actually was a little bit better than Heath at Bama. But he um, he got a ball. You know, when you when you have your warm-up balls, there Alabama has, of course, you know, it's got the SEC logo on it. Uh, Henderson's brother got a ball, and it had the SEC logo on it. His brother gave it to him. He got an ink pen and wrote, Mandy, you'll never be good enough to play one of these. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we win. He chunks it in the dugout. Okay, Miami's already so pissed. Pat Burrell played for the Phillies forever. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, man. He had a long uh, Major League Baseball career. He played third base for Miami. He made his teammates come out there and shake our hands. They didn't want to, but they, they were butthurt bad. Well, we watched in the dugout, and somebody found that ball and showed it to Mandy. Man, they had to, buy, had to restrain Mandy. Of course, he didn't know who threw it in there. He figured it was the Bama baseball team. <laughs> so we go out. We go outside, and um, – we go out, and of course we're, you know, caught, we're we're ten feet tall, and bulletproof at that point, age age wise, and the fact that we just beat Miami, because man, Miami's a powerhouse in baseball. You know, it's about beating oh, yeah. uh, Ohio State or Alabama or, or Clemson in football, you know, right now. And uh, so we're giving them grief. And uh, Lolly Esquivel, he says something, and Neutron says you can imagine with a name like Lolly Esquivel, he's not he wasn't exactly born. Uh, you know, in, in Franklin County, Alabama. <laughs> and uh, Neutron says, won't you go back to Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> Lolly, Lolly tried to get to him. They had to hold him back. <laughs> but uh, that, we uh, we ended up staying nine days and um, a lot more to the trip, I could tell, but we're running short on time as always. But uh, we we I, I was on my last pair of boxers, my last undershirt, and my last pair of cut off khaki shorts <laughs> the last day. And dude, we were tired. We were ready to get back. We'd eaten we'd eaten enough uh, all you can eat buffets to last a lifetime. We played LSU in the championship game. We you know if we had just beaten them. Uh, about three weeks earlier in the SEC tournament, and we were down to nothing on pitching. And we had to start this kid, like our sixth starter from Cherokee, Alabama, which is not far from where I live. Can't remember his name, but he beat LSU to win the SEC uh, tournament title. And I think he had to go against them again because, you know, again, Vaz was out. You know, Vaz would have been in that pitching slot, or hypothetically, you know, somebody else would have been there because Vaz would have taken up some innings earlier in the week. And um, but LSU jumped on us. We we made it somewhat of a game. Which I think they jumped on us like six nothing in the first. And um, we end up leaving early. It, it was a it was a sixteen hour trip over there. And somehow we shaved off two hours coming back. We left at <laughs> uh, three p.m. and got back at five a.m. So two hour more uh, leave time. And then, uh, but we got back at five. But uh, man, it was it, it it's a you know that is a quintessential. Uh, college trip. I've been on a couple of them. You know, the 96 LSU, I'd like to tell eventually. 94 LSU, I'd like to tell eventually. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're in college or if you're if you're young and you hadn't been to college yet, take one of these trips, man. The memories are, are worth a million dollars. Yeah, that's, that's one trip that I never took. And 
I may get there eventually, but uh, you you got it in the exact right time in our prime of baseball uh, going to the College World Series. That's that's one of those that I that I regretted not getting to as a as a Ute. Yeah, a what? A Ute. I I, I don't follow you. A youth. Oh, a young person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I understand you now. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that joke is as funny to y'all out there in radio land as it is to us because we love it. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Auburn and, and um, you know, east till you smell it and south till you step in it. Uh, I think that's going to be safe for football season only. So, dude, I'm done. Uh, enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Yep, Roger that. And I'm not gonna. We're not a political podcast. Don't want to make it sound like we are. But Tiffin is actually running uh, for a delegate spot in congressional district four for uh, place, place two. Place two. Sorry, Donald Trump. So if you guys live in that district and. Uh, and you and and you and you are planning to vote for our current sitting president, Donald Trump. Jason Tiffin would love to have that delegate vote, which comes out on what? When is that vote, Tiffin? March March third. And the thing about Alabama <clears throat> with our the you have to choose when you go to the polls on the third. You have to say, I want a Republican ballot or a Democratic ballot. Well. You can actually, if you're a Democrat, if you've all, if you've only ever voted for Democrats, you, it, Alabama never matters as far as we're not gonna, you know, if we vote, if if the Democrats in Alabama vote Bernie Sanders or Joe or Biden or Warren or whomever, we're never the swing state. So you can still vote for the Democrat guy, the Democratic guy or gal in November. You could you could get a Republican ballot. You could leave it totally blank. Mark my name. You wouldn't be hurting your party at all. You'd be giving me a vote, and then you could still vote for the Democratic nominee come November. So I'd appreciate. Yeah, that. and if that college, you have, you have if, a lot of, we have lots yeah, of. Yeah, if that College World Series trip didn't put you over the edge, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Thanks for the plug, Tom. Roger that, sir. Roger that. All right, guys, take it easy. See you next time. Oh, and as far as next time goes, eh, don't be holding your breath. It may be close to March Madness, but uh, we'll we'll be back in touch. And Tom will have the story. Roger that.